Hi, welcome to The Landscape, a Cranes Cleveland podcast. I'm Dan Paletta. Glad you can join us. For those of us who live on the Near East Side, a trip downtown usually means a trip through the Midtown neighborhood. And for many years, there wasn't much to see out the car window, but that's starting to change as there is much more development going on in that area. And driving much of that development is the Area Development Corporation for Midtown, Midtown Cleveland, Inc. And we're glad to be joined by its executive director, Jeff Epstein. Jeff, thanks for being with us today. Yeah, glad to be here. So let's start. Remind us, what exactly does Midtown encompass? What's the geographical boundaries of Midtown? Yeah, our service area stretches to the west, to Cleveland State and the Interbelt, to the east, to East 79th Street, and we cover uh, Carnegie, Prospect, Euclid, Chester, and to the west of 55th, Perkins, Commerce, and Payne to pick up uh, the bulk of the Asiatown neighborhood. So I was surprised to find, I know the clinic and UH, they're big employers, but how many people actually work in Midtown during the the daytime? We have about 18,000 employees uh, here in Midtown and about 600 plus organizations uh, and about 2,000 residents. So we're uh, more heavily a commercial district. So the big talk about Midtown is the Innovation District project that you've been working on with different organizations, including Wexford Science and Technology. Any sense of when Wexford might actually move forward on that first building at E66th in Euclid? Yeah, we've been working on this project uh, daily uh, for the last uh, year and so and making good progress uh, through conceptual design, having some conversations with with some of the potential tenants and and working through the capital stack. So we're still hoping to get out of the ground uh, first half of next year. A lot, a lot of work to be done to put together a complex real estate project like this. We're really excited about the impact uh, that it's going to have uh, both on our, our local neighborhood here in Midtown, as well as we think on the on the regional economy based on the, the collaboration with anchor institutions, uh, innovators, entrepreneurs, uh, and community. Any thoughts about who tenants might be, or is it still too early to say? Uh, still too early to say. So anybody who drives through Midtown over the years, you've seen that Warner Swayze factory there and you think somebody's got to do something with that. And there's actually been some work on that with Penrose from Philadelphia, trying to turn this into a mix of affordable housing and commercial space. But you did miss out on some historic preservation tax credits in June. What comes next for the project? Yeah, so the project also is still very much alive and we're, we're hoping to, to retain that building and transform it into workforce housing. Uh, we're going back in for, for historic tax credits uh, to hopefully fill out the capital stack. It, it's uh, uh, one of the challenges here, I think, in Cleveland. We got a lot of great buildings, a lot of great great building stock, um, but we're, we're effectively limited to having one large tax credit award each round. Uh, and the, there's quite a bit of competition, but we think this is a worthy project. Uh, and, and again, a really catalytic project for the uh, not just the people who live there, but for the, the people who pass by every day and, and see that as a, a visible symbol of, of Cleveland's industrial decline. So for many years, Midtown has really been a business-centric organization, not a lot of interaction with the residents in the surrounding neighborhoods. How have you broadened and evolved that concept of being more interactive with the people who actually live there? You said about 2,000 and hopefully there'll be more, but what's the process? Yeah, we, we've really pivoted quite a bit to, to listening to residents, doing outreach, not just residents in Midtown, but residents beyond, because we, we recognize that that while Chester Avenue is our border to the north, it's it's somewhat artificial and the projects that happen with the Innovation District at 66 in Euclid or with Dave's at 61st in Chester are going to impact residents uh, in our neighborhood and in surrounding neighborhoods. And we really need to listen uh, to them and include them in the process of shaping what happens here. Uh, so we, we've uh, been doing a lot of outreach, uh, including residents in a variety of our committees, uh, working committees, ad hoc committees to work on projects, 
uh, inviting residents and co-creating programming with residents that, that uh, represents the cultural history and legacy uh, of, of our neighborhood. A lot of work around uh, Leo's Casino that used to be here at 75th and Euclid uh, and remembering that. Um, we've been doing outreach and programming uh, for the community called Real Estate 101, uh, a four-part series that is intended to kind of level set and teach residents some basic real estate development concepts so they're better able to interact uh, on, a, on a more level playing field with developers when we ask residents to come and give provide feedback on projects. Uh, so we really are, are, are doing a lot to try to incorporate those residential voices. We just finished a neighborhood vision plan, uh, which was kind of a comprehensive master plan for our neighborhood for the future, uh, and you know, spent time tabling at Dave's, talking to residents, uh, getting impact. So we're really doing, doing um, what we can and, and always need to do more to incorporate resident voices alongside the voices of the, the, the commercial property owners and businesses that, that have long been uh, the leading stakeholders in Midtown. Is there one thing in particular you hear from residents about what they want from Midtown? Uh, I, I, you know, I think they want to be in, involved. They want to be included in what's going on. Uh, and, and they want a neighborhood uh, that is vibrant, that has public space, that is safe, uh, that has accessible jobs, that, that uh, provides them opportunities to, to get health care and think about overall community health of the neighborhood. Um, so I don't know if it's one thing, but we, we, we've heard a lot. And uh, if you go to our, our uh, website for the neighbor master plan, uh, www.midtowncleveland.org backslash plan, you can see the vision and some of the ideas that, that came from that engagement uh, that is shaping what we're working on in the neighborhood. I think there was a lot of concern when the Dave's on Payne closed about what that would mean for those neighborhoods. But the, the new one that's open there on Chester Avenue, it's incredible. I used to say, if you wanted to see a cross section of Cleveland, you needed to go to the the Dave's on pain. And I think you're seeing the same thing when you go to the one on Chester. Absolutely. It's, it's become really a community gathering space. Uh, if you go there, you know, during, during lunch, you know, at least pre COVID, uh, the lunch lines, uh, really a mix of the, the people who work and live in the neighborhood. And, and I think it, it is really incredible. The quality of that store, um, being a world-class store as nice as anybody in the suburbs is shopping in, uh, and something that this neighborhood really deserves. I think it has started to change what's possible uh, in terms of development. We're seeing a lot more interest in residential development because of the quality of that grocery store. Uh, and at the same time, I think we're very actively working with the Asiatown community uh, to think about repurposing the old Dave's uh, and really kind of repairing that, that hole in the center uh, of the Asiatown community that was caused by, by the Payne Avenue store closing. In order to get people to live in Midtown, you do have to have housing stock. And there's being more and more development ranging from some mid-priced apartments all the way to higher-end townhouses. How's that momentum going for the district in terms of starting to hopefully attract more people? Uh, yeah, we've, we've seen uh, over the last uh, five years, we've added about 300 units of housing. Uh, we have over 600 in pre-development right now, uh, including a, a large-scale project that Signet is getting ready to break ground on at 75th and Euclid of 160 walk-up market rate units. Uh, and so I think we're seeing a, a lot of momentum uh, around uh, not just the new Dave's, uh, the new Magnet building that's breaking ground, the Cleveland Foundation, the Innovation Building, uh, and a sense that, that this neighborhood is really becoming a vibrant place 
uh, to work and to live and to visit with with many of the amenities we're working on. So we're, we're really excited and hoping to grow more housing, but really to think about the nature of housing that we're adding uh, as being housing that is is both market rate and affordable. We need to add more affordable housing. Uh, we need to maintain our neighborhood as a mixed income neighborhood uh, where there is housing type, uh, you know, different types of housing for everyone. That's an interesting concept. I think often what happens when you see a neighborhood neighborhood get redeveloped is the first thought is, well, let's just put up as many fancy high rises and, and places for people who can really afford a condominiums to live. But you really do have to track a mix of people to grow a neighborhood of that size. Absolutely. And I think it's essential to the people who've been here for a long time. You know, the last thing we want to do is, is displace anyone who's been here. And, and I think the nature of our neighborhood, where it sits, we, we can be a neighborhood that has affordable housing for a variety of different price points. Uh, and we're a neighborhood that's building and developing amenities. So we are, we are not going to be able to attract necessarily the, the top of market rents that you might be seeing downtown University Circle. Uh, so we really want to be attracting um, people of all backgrounds, uh, families to live uh, and, and come into the neighborhood in a variety of different types of housing. You mentioned the Cleveland Foundation headquarters that's being built on Euclid Avenue. What does it mean for Midtown to have the foundation there as a sort of anchor once it, once the building is finally finished? Oh, it, it's, it's huge for our, our neighborhood, not just for the incredible quality of the building that they're putting up, uh, for the, 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 the staff that's going to be here, um, but for their, their ripple effect uh, on the community, both in terms of the, the way they're thinking about their ground floor being really open to the public and permeable uh, to the other projects that they've helped uh, to lead and catalyze with the community. We are working on a, a new plan for East 66th Street uh, that was planned with the community uh, really to connect East 66th. Uh, from Gallucci's and the Cleveland Foundation at Euclid Avenue and Dunham Tavern all the way up through Chateau Huff and, and Fatima Center to League Park uh, and beyond. And, and that's one of the many projects that I think the foundation coming on to 66th has, has kind of helped catalyze and lead. So they're a, an incredible partner that is really having a transformative effect on Midtown. Does it sort of take that first one? You know, once you have the Cleveland Foundation there, other people will say, well, hey, maybe we should make our way down to Midtown as well. Absolutely. And, and, you know, what we're seeing is starting to see is an acceleration and quickening of development. Uh, you know, in, in the first eight years after the health line was built, uh, we, we saw uh, about $150 million of, of real estate development. And in the last five, we're, we're pushing 250. Um, and so, you know, we're seeing larger projects, more complex projects now that, that I think, you know, the Cleveland Foundation and Dave's have really validated uh, the market and uh, validated the the idea of what we're trying to build here. You know, we're this connected community, an inclusive place for people to to live and create and innovate and prosper. We're talking with Jeff Epstein from Midtown Cleveland on the Landscape, a Cranes Cleveland podcast. I'm Dan Paletta. We're glad you can be with us. Jeff, Councilman Bashir Jones is running for mayor, so his seat opens in Ward 7. A lot of projects that have been stalled really seem to come to fruition during the time he was in council. And now we also have a new council person in Ward 5 who's running for re-election. Uh, what about this election? I don't have to talk about a candidate in particular, but what kind of leadership change might affect Midtown? Well, you know, any, any leadership change uh, obviously obviously affects affects us, but we're we're really excited about whoever the the community selects as the as the council people in, in those seats, um, and and eager to work with with someone who's passionate as we are about uh, strengthening the neighborhood for everyone. 
so I, I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, looking forward to continuing our, our strong partnership with with uh, city council and the, the community members who elect them. Do you think there's any particular pockets of strength in the Midtown Historic District that can have a real effect on drawing people in? Yeah, absolutely. I think as we as we convert more buildings that that uh, may have been underutilized uh, for years into into active use, uh, that will that will really help uh, bring more people in, both in terms of, of residents and and businesses to work here, uh, as well as kind of I think start to to solidify. Uh, some of these corridors that that have uh, for many years been passed throughs, you know, Chester and Carnegie each see thirty thousand cars a day, and in many ways they were designed uh, at a time when we were seeing redlining and urban renewal in our city to get people from the east side to downtown as quickly as possible. Uh, and I think the historic district and the revitalization work that we're doing to create more of a draw and a place there uh, is going to start to undesign. Uh, a little bit those pass-throughs and, and create more of a place uh, here in our neighborhood. I often thought as I drove down Chester, I, th- I thought this is an unfriendly place to walk. Is there ways to make it more walkable? Yeah, absolutely. And Chester, Chester is really, people may not, not, not know the history of it. Chester East to 55th is a street that, that was built in the 50s uh, and, and literally kind of bisected and tore through a neighborhood uh, neighborhood that had already been hit hard by by redlining and white flight out of the city. If you look at, at old plat maps, you can see the diversity of uses, uh, residential uh, and other that w- w- was there. And it, it is this six lane highway that's impenetrable. And we have uh, the Euclid Avenue Health Line and Dave's and uh, University Hospitals and all these amenities and jobs on Euclid Avenue. But crossing Chester is taking life into your own hands. So we are looking at a, a number of different inter- interventions uh, along Chester, both at 59th, where Dave's and Magnet will be, uh, at 66th, uh, where the Cleveland Foundation and the Innovation District, and starting to talk to our partners, uh, Campus District to the West, Fairfax and University Circle to the East, about ways that we can make Chester uh, you know, more permeable, easier and safer uh, for, for pedestrians and cyclists uh, to get across. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a wound. It's an open wound for the community. We mentioned Asiatown a little bit earlier. Is Midtown making a more concentrated effort there to be more involved in that neighborhood? Yeah, about two years ago, uh, Midtown hired the first uh, dedicated Asian American staff uh, to work in Asiatown. Uh, and they've, they've had an incredible impact along with uh, our community organizer in um, uh, working with residents, articulating vision for that neighborhood, uh, starting to connect residents uh, we've had a variety of events that are celebrating the culture of that neighborhood uh, through through festivals and holidays. Uh, one of my favorite uh, pieces of work that we, we've been doing is through meeting some of the elders in the community, particularly women. Uh, there's a, a cultural tradition in China of public dancing uh, out in public squares. Uh, and so a number of the, the, the Chinese women in the community, we helped to organize them. And they, on Saturday mornings, have been gathering uh, on one of the parking lots from the old Dave's uh, with and playing music and, and, and doing cultural dancing. Uh, and it's a really it's a really cool thing to see. Uh, and they now are organizing on their own every week. Uh, and they've started to call uh, that old Dave's lot the, the square dancing lot, uh, which I think is really a really lovely way of reframing what's going on in the community. I think it's, it's, it speaks to Cleveland's ethnic diversity. That was kind of a neighborhood that for many pe- years people just sort of ignored, like there was Asian people who lived there, but nobody really went and did anything there. But that's totally changed now. 
Yeah, there, there, I mean, there, there are a ton of restaurants. There's a ton of a really, uh, you know, amazing people who live in that neighborhood who um, I think increasingly at this time where we're, we're seeing a lot of anti-Asian hate, uh, you know, are, are saying, look, this is our home and we're growing. You know, we, we, we did a, a, a visioning study uh, with the, the neighborhood and came up with the theme of we're growing home. Uh, which is, is really lovely if you unpack it. Uh, you know, people who are being told to go back to where they come from say, no, we're, we're, we're home here and we're growing our home. Uh, and I think as we think about growing the Asian neighborhood, attracting more visitors, more residents, uh, creating public space that the neighborhood so desperately needs there, um, this is really a community that can become, uh, it already is one of the treasures of, of Northeast Ohio in terms of its cultural uh, contributions and value, and and I think uh, can be over more, even more. And we're, we're really thrilled that we have uh, culturally competent staff uh, who, who who share some of the the background with the Asian Town neighborhood uh, to be working and strengthening that neighborhood. Registration is now open for Cranes Cleveland Business's annual healthcare forum. This unique event will take place in two parts, with both virtual and live components. The virtual event on September 14th is free to attend and will feature a live Q&A with representatives from six different companies within Cleveland's Innovation District. These discussions will be used to help shape the discourse of the live event on September 21st. To purchase tickets and register, go to cranescleveland.com and click the Events tab. When it's time to turn to funders for support, are they looking for more consolidation from organizations like yours saying, you know, maybe like what happened in Detroit, sure way to sort of bring more neighborhoods together under the umbrella? I think yes and no. Um, we, we, we certainly, I, I think they're looking for, all right, who are the, who are the strong organizations we can, we can get behind and, and really help? And, and um, how do we think differently about the field of community and economic development. How do we continue to innovate? And I think, you know, that that's something we've been able to to, to do here in Midtown as we really think about how equity is core to the work that we're doing. Uh, how resonant voices are, are are centralized. How we think about bringing people together of diverse populations. Um, and, and you know, we we've got we've got kind of our, our hands full uh, serving the the residents that we see right now. Um, and and I, I don't know whether we'll see. Uh, more consolidations, but we're 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 proud to be, you know, neighbors with a number of really really strong organizations like Burton Belcar and Famicos Foundation and and Fairfax, uh, and and excited to kind of partner and work with them. What do you think the greatest concerns of businesses located in Midtown? What do they what do they want to see from the district? I often hear we want more more places to eat, uh, and so we're working on that. Um, and, and I think they're, they're concerned with the, the same type of things that residents are, um, public space, uh, feeling safe walking in the neighborhood, having more people living here. So it, it, it feels like a more vibrant, uh, vibrant neighborhood quality, uh, and responsive city services, uh, the ability to attract and retain workforce. And that's another area that we've really been working on and trying to, to better connect, you know, both create new job opportunities, uh, and really work. Uh, to connect those to local residents, um, so I, you know, I, I think it's a it's a variety of things, and and we, we've become a neighborhood that continues. We've been attracting more and more businesses and nonprofits uh, to the neighborhood because it's I think it's a really quality and accessible place to to work. Jeff Epstein, thanks for telling us a little bit more about Midtown Cleveland. It's nice to hear about this historic place getting revitalized. We appreciate your work, and we're glad you could join us today for the landscape. Great, thanks for having me been talking with Jeff Epstein from Midtown Cleveland. He joined us for The Landscape, a Cranes Cleveland podcast. We're glad you joined us too. On behalf of our producer, Cody Smith, I'm Dan Paletta. Thanks again, and we'll talk soon.